This is Bethel Online. Welcome home. This is the next best thing to being at Bethel on Sundays. We are driven by making disciples of Jesus who make disciples. When you're online, interact with us on Facebook and Instagram. When you're in Barhead, Alberta, drop in Sundays to Friday. Our goal on this podcast is to ask questions, challenge certainty, and grow a relationship with Jesus so you can go the distance and bring others with you. Thank you for tuning in. I have a couple of videos for you to watch. Uh, I'll set them up just before they turn them on. These are um, these were taken last year at the uh, Survivor Night of our youth group uh, out at the Lee's place, and um, they had a challenge, and the challenge was to walk on a, a tightrope. So just watch uh, these couple of videos. There's two of them. They're not long. They said they can help if they just to. Three minutes from now, we will be changing the end destination to this tree. Okay, and then, and then, yeah, but then, then I'll make it continually easier so that more and more people can get it. You only have to make it halfway across. But you still have two minutes. One rope only. Step onto the one. There you go, there you go. Oh, you're good. They're slightly different, they're more springy rope, but yeah. Like you can do some of the tricks on these, but the other ones they can like jump like a trampoline. Yeah, you're good. You can go, yeah, they'll go that way, but you can go either. There we go. Good. Yeah, good. Good. Do you have everyone? Who's left? You guys got one left. We just have Liam. Oh no, Liam and uh, Keep going, keep going, you're good. Head to the dig, that way and left. You're good. Should we be on that side? Got everybody? A couple more? Do we need to be on that side? Are all your teams done? Is all your teams done? Now, the object was to go across without help, and um, uh, so I thought as I watched that again, um, to ask a couple questions, that was about three feet off the ground, uh, wasn't very high. Can you imagine if that was 10 feet off the ground? How many of those young people do you think would have tried if it was 10 feet? Few, maybe. There are some, you know, brave souls. What if it was 30 feet off the ground? Would anybody really have tried it? I mean, as the risk gets greater, living a life of balance becomes pretty important, isn't it? You've got to really know what we're doing. And then, of course, I, I like the last video too because once one person on the team got across on their own, uh, because obviously the whole team wasn't going to do it, they decided, well, let's help each other across. And so... Um, then they could help one another, and you could see people holding hands as they walked across, and eventually every team got all their members across. And I thought there's a parable in that, isn't there? You know, on our own, it's very difficult. Life is very difficult, but when we walk alongside each other and hold each other's hands and support one another, everybody can do it. Everybody can do it. There's no restriction. We started a, a series of messages last week called what I call Living with Tension. 
And uh, we recognize that uh, in life, we're pulled apart in many different directions with many different ideas and many different teachings and many different emphases. And uh, many of our problems come when we try to live at the extremes. We never make it across life when we live at the extremes. And, and the extremes often uh, are, the, are the dangerous areas of our life. Last week, we talked about freedom. And that's a great, what a, what a tremendous thing freedom is. But if you live a life of extreme freedom and forget responsibility, well, you're going to have a problem. Everybody wants to be free, but nobody wants to take on responsibility. And, and somewhere in the, in the middle, there's a, a balancing point, a tipping point, where we can live free lives, but also live a life, lives of responsibility. Uh, the more dangerous and more risky life is, instead of trying to live that life of balance, we tend to hang out on the edges. Uh, I'm thinking to myself, if, if that rope or that strap was 30 feet high, first of all, I'd have a hard time just getting up to the 30 feet. Uh, but once I got up there, I'd be okay to stand as long as I could hold on to the pole. But the middle part, I would have obviously a real trouble with most of us would. We like to hang out where we can hold on to the edge, and that's why uh, sometimes we live on the extreme edges of some of the things that we're going to talk about. Today we want to talk about happiness versus joy. Happiness versus joy. Um, in the United States, the Declaration of Independence says, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That's enshrined in their Declaration of Independence that you, or Americans, I should say, have the right to pursue happiness. And of course, we're living in a time when that pursuit is like all out. People do everything to pursue happiness. Uh, I did a, a bookstore survey. I went into Kohl's uh, uh, one day and and I was just looking through, and it was just amazed, amazed by the number of books that talk about happiness. And this is just a small selection. Of course, there's movies about happiness. Um, this is just a small selection of what I saw uh, that day. Um, perhaps there are so many because there are so many people who are not experiencing happiness. There are so many people who seem sad and seem to live with great sadness. Um, question, is there a difference between happiness and joy? And I'm not going to be hard line on this, um, but is there a difference between happiness and joy? Can you be happy but lack joy? Can you be joyful and not be happy? Just some interesting questions. Uh, and it's amazing, of course, that many times the things that we think bring happiness sadly don't. And these pictures are all celebrities who've passed away in the last year from suicide. People who had it all, people who had money, wealth, fame, everything you can think of in this life, and yet they all committed suicide in the past year. Um, they had all the things that make for a happy life and yet lack something deep inside. Now, um, there's a video I was going to show you and, and just left out, but uh, the guy in the top uh, left-hand corner, his name is Chester Bennington. 
He was the lead singer for a group called Lincoln Park. Um, and uh, he committed suicide last year. His wife recently released um, a video that was made 36 hours before he committed suicide. Um, so what do you think a person would look like who, committed su who, who was going to commit suicide in 36 hours? We tend to have this impression, oh, he must have been sad and gloomy. But actually, the video is surprising. That's why the wife released it. He was at a family party. He was laughing, having all kinds of fun. You know that game where they, they have the funny tasting jelly beans and you taste the jelly bean and try to guess what flavor it is? It's goofy. Um, he was doing that with his kids and with some friends and laughing and having a good time. 36 hours, he hung himself in his house, uh, taking his own life. Uh, see, sometimes the, the picture that we have of people who lack joy or who live with depression and live with, with uh, despair, we, we have the picture of them being gloomy and, and all the time, you know, they're, they're always thinking that they're going to do this, but that's not always the case. Sometimes they look pretty normal. Sometimes they look like they're even having fun. Sometimes they look like they're really enjoying life. Certainly, we can think of one few years ago, Robin Williams, one of the great comedians of the time, and yet he ended up taking his own life because of despair and depression and different things. We'll talk about that a little later, but um, what is happiness and joy? What do they look like? Um, this was in a psychology's website uh, from, from Britain. It says this, uh, uh, it says, joy and happiness are wonderful feelings to experience, but they're very different. Joy is more consistent and is cultivated internally. It comes when you make peace with who you are and why you are and how you are, whereas happiness tends to be externally triggered and is based on other people, things, places, thoughts, and events. Now, I did some research, and, and one of the things I, I was researching was, um, is the word happy used in the Bible? And I was kind of surprised because in churches, we tend, to, we tend to cut this fine line between happiness and joy. Jesus talks about joy, but happiness, that's just for the world. But that's not really true. There are scriptures that talk about being happy. Happy are the people whose God is the Lord. Uh, happy are people who've endured a temptation, who've endured suffering. Happy are people who patiently endured. And so happiness is, is very true. In fact, um, in the Bible, the word that's translated happy is actually also translated blessed. And probably the best known uh, verses of that or passage of scripture of that is uh, Matthew chapter 5, which is the Beatitudes. If you know the Beatitudes at all, uh, they say, uh, blessed are the meek uh, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who are persecuted. And it all talks about, there's five or six things that talk about um, how you're blessed. But the word actually translated blessed is happy. Happy are the poor in spirit. Happy are those who are persecuted. Happy are those who uh, suffer for, for doing good things. And so the, the scripture verse for happy is also blessed. And uh, you can be happy. You can experience the, uh, the, the happiness that comes from having God blessing your life. Uh, somebody said, by definition, happiness is a response to happenstance, to contentment, good luck, prosperity, or good fortune. Things that happen to us make us happy. And uh, the word happy and happenstance, 
or happenings um, are linked together. They come from the same root word. Joy, on the other hand, is different. Joy is defined as um, a, a byproduct of the Holy Spirit and a byproduct of God in our lives. Um, the scripture says that joy is one of the fruits of the Spirit. It's the fruit of having God in you. Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Um, the fruits of the Spirit, the byproducts of having God in you, you can't produce on your own. You can't make yourself joyful. You can go out and make yourself happy. People do that all the time. Uh, one of the big things nowadays is comedy clubs. Uh, years ago, you never heard of them. Now they're huge things, right? And people go to comedy clubs and, and, and you know, drink and, and, and have a comedian or com various comedians tell stories and, and jokes. And, and people have a happy, a good time. Um, joy is not quite like that. You can't just produce it on your own by going to a place where you're going to find joy. Um, people do lots to try and produce joy in their lives. If you have your Bibles, Luke chapter 12 tells the story of a man. Is Jesus actually telling the story of a man who... Um, was looking for happiness and peace in his life. Um, it says in Luke chapter 12, starting verse 13, someone in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. And Jesus replied, Man, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? Then he said to them, Watch out, be in your guard against all kinds of greed. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And he told them a parable of a certain rich man who produced a good crop, thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. And he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I'll store all my grain and my goods. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of good things laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then... Who will get what you have prepared for yourself? And this is how it is with anyone who stores up things for himself but is not rich towards God. Jesus says our life does not consist in the things that we have. Our life is not made happy by the things that we have. Even the people in our lives. Um, John Maxwell is a leading um, motivational speaker, business leader, speaks around the world and speaks at conferences of thousands and thousands of people. John Maxwell once was at a conference and his wife joined him and they had a press conference and at the press conference people had a chance to ask questions of John Maxwell, this well-known speaker. And they had questions, had a chance to ask questions of Mrs. Maxwell and somebody directed a question to Mrs. Maxwell said, Mrs. Maxwell, does John make you happy? And old John, he was just, he said he was just sitting there, you know, waiting for the answer. You know, here's my wife. You know, here I am, well-known. Of course I make her happy. Uh, you know, we've got a good relationship. Of course. You know, and he was just waiting for her to sing his praises. Well, she didn't. She actually said, no. John does not make me happy. And he's shot a look at her. It's like, 
what are you saying? I mean, this is a press conference. This is going to go out all around the world. What are you doing? She says, no, he does not make me happy. My happiness comes from another source. It's from my relationship with God. Now, she said, John can make me happier, but he is not my source of happiness or joy. He can make me happier. And the people in our lives can make us happier, okay, make us more joyful. We can enjoy one another's company, but our true sense of joy, our source of joy, comes from having God in our lives. It's one of the byproducts of having the Holy Spirit in our lives. It's a fruit of the Spirit. Another thing we talk about joy is joy is something we can choose to experience. Uh, in Philippians chapter 4, verse 4, the Bible says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. And then in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, rejoice always. We can choose to experience joy. We can choose to enjoy. If, if it's commanded of us, then we can choose to do it. But you know what the opposite side of that is? We can also choose not to rejoice. We can choose to not live in joy. And sadly, I see many people, even good people who come to church, who for some reason just choose not to live in joy. They're not happy. They're, they're, they're kind of miserable, and, and their misery kind of follows them along. And that's sad, because we have the most to be joyful about. God has loved us, and God is gracious to us, and we have to make a choice every day. And the Apostle Paul writes it twice in two different places. Rejoice always. Rejoice in everything. And it doesn't mean we're happy about everything, but our joy is in Christ, and our joy is in the Lord, and we can choose to walk in joy, or we can choose to walk without it. The last thing, of course, we talk about is that our joy is found in Jesus. Jesus himself said in John chapter 15, verse 11, I have told you these things so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. The Bible says that Jesus came to teach us things that would help us experience his joy and that our joy would be complete or full, uh, would be mature, it, 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 would be, it, it would be filled up, our joy. Um, I came and I told you these things, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. And I remind you that that's what God wants for you. God wants you to experience his joy. Sadly, however... There are too many people who are not living in joy. The statistics are becoming quite alarming. While driving out to camp the other night, um, I had the radio on, and of course wasn't really paying much attention to it. It was just kind of in the background playing away. And, and all of a sudden, as, as I'm driving, I'm realizing this is a commercial. It's from our Westlock station. This is a commercial about suicide. And I thought, well... That just seems out of place in a country western radio station in Westlock. Why are we talking about suicide? And, and the gist of the whole commercial, the 30-second commercial, was about farmers committing suicide. And it's stated, as I'm driving along the highway to camp, it's stated that farming is, has the highest rate of suicide amongst all the professions, farming. And I have to be honest, it like, I stopped and, what? And then it had some other byline, and I can't remember what it was, but it just really got my attention and got me thinking. And so when I came home from camp, I was 
just doing some research on it. And again, true, uh, I, whether it's the highest rate of suicide, I can't say exactly. But more and more, I'm hearing stories of farmers who are under severe pressure with financial pressure and family pressure. And at the recent Farm Tech Conference that they hold in Edmonton this year, in February of this year, they did a workshop on mental health for farmers and their families. And the place was packed out with over 400 people at a, at a farm technology thing. Uh, people were packed up because the people are beginning to understand this is real. And it's not just a person who looks depressed and who sounds depressed. These are guys that we see, farmers that we see, they're living every day and, and good guys, but they're struggling with mental illness, struggling with depression, struggling with fears, struggling with the pressures that are on them. Well, maybe you're not a farmer, but if you're honest, you have to ask yourself, are you living with joy? Do you really know what it is to be joyful? Um, is it just a, is the smile on your face just painted on so that people don't ask you the questions or does it really come from a heart of joy? Um, maybe uh, you need help. I, I just heard about a man just, just the other day, um, both his, a farmer, both his parents died within the past year, uh, separate times. Um, and then just this week, his 54-year-old brother that he farmed with passed away of uh, some cancer, some, some kind of disease. He's 51 years of age. Everything, he's not married, everything in his life has been taken away from him. And he's struggling with depression. He needs help. He needs to talk to somebody. Because sometimes life just knocks the feet out from under us and we need to get help. Um, depression is real. And um, sadly, but I said, it's not just farmers. We hear stories of youth. We're hearing uh, family issues and, and wives and all kinds of people. They're just struggling so much with the outside looks fine. If you were to look on the outside, that's why many times when somebody commits suicide, people say, well, I, I never would have guessed. I never thought he was having trouble. I never thought she was having trouble. Realities are there's people in churches that look fine. They look at me from the pew and they look fine at me singing the songs and yet inside their hearts are struggling with feelings of despair, wanting to give up. And so I guess I want to ask you today, where are you at? Do you know the difference between happiness and living just to, to have a smile on your face? Or do you know that source of true joy that even when things aren't as as well as you want them to be, there's something that comes because you know the presence of God in you. You know God's in your life and there's a sense of joy because it comes from God. Let me encourage you, if by chance you identify with this, to first of all, A, get some help. Talk to somebody, whether it's a doctor, a pastor, a counselor, a mental health worker. Talk to somebody and say, I'm, I'm struggling with this, with this area, in this area. I'm struggling with these things. Uh, second thing I would suggest to you is you really turn to Jesus. Be honest with him. Read the things that Jesus taught. Jesus said, I came that you might have my joy and that it might be 
full or complete. And so obviously the things that Jesus taught us are important. They're important for our mental health, not just for our spiritual health, but for our mental health. And so read and study the things that Jesus taught. And then finally, surrender yourself to him. That's the weirdest thing of all. Because, well, happiness often comes from the people and the things and the stuff that we have and that we accumulate along the line. True joy comes from the exact opposite, surrendering ourselves to God and giving God control. Um, in Nova Scotia, um, St. John, Nova Scotia, there is a phenomenon called the reversing falls. If you've ever been there, you, you, you may remember that. It's right in the heart of the town. And at certain times of the day, uh, you'll see the water coming down towards the ocean. But at other times of the day, it's like the water's going back uphill. And it's going back up the rapids. And they just call it reversing falls. It seems like the, the waters have completely reversed against nature. And of course, you know, there's a scientific explanation, not that I can give you it, but it has something to do with tides and different things like that. And so instead of the water going one way, it's actually reversed direction and going the other way. It doesn't make any sense. Same thing as surrendering to Jesus doesn't make any sense if you're looking for a source of joy. For us, happiness and joy comes from accumulating, but in reality, joy, real joy, source of joy comes from surrendering ourselves to God, giving ourselves over to God, giving him our lives, giving him control completely of everything that we have. That's why we, we sang the song earlier again, and we're going we're gonna to sing it in closing, um, about giving our lives to Jesus, surrendering ourselves to Jesus. going to ask the worship team to come back and, and lead us in that song. Uh, it doesn't make sense, but uh, if you're by any chance struggling with, with a lack of joy, um, if life is becoming too hard, if, if you're not living with the joy of the Lord, the Bible says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. If you don't know what that is, then I'd really encourage you to surrender yourself to Jesus Christ. Ask God to fill your heart with joy. Um, we used to sing a song years ago when I was a kid growing up in church, and many of you will remember what it is. It used to say, it's joy unspeakable and full of glory, and the half has never yet been told. I think of that song often, joy unspeakable. It, it's so, so real and so powerful that I can't even really express it with my words. It's just something I feel. It's just something that's just there. It's, it's not because of my surrounding circumstances. It's, it, it's just a part of me because of my relationship with God. It's joy unspeakable and full of glory. And the reality is the half hasn't even been told yet. I haven't even begun to experience all of it because our relationship with God is waiting that day when we shall see him and we'll spend eternity with him. Why don't you sing, stand with us and sing this last uh, chorus one more time about surrendering our lives to God and giving all to him.